G'day guys, Rita Join here. Welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn your passion into a profession. This episode, I want to talk about the experience of finding your passion and how that evolves. Because, you know, when we went to school, we were taught that, you know, there was chronological order of going to kindergarten, then year one, then year two, year three, year four, et cetera, et cetera. Then when you finished high school and high school, uh, you then went into, if you wanted to, you went into college or university and that allowed you to complete years one, two, three or four to, to complete a degree and then go into the workforce. And then there was, a, there was a hierarchy or there was a path if you wanted to do whatever it is you wanted to do. There was a path of what you needed to do, step one, step two, how to get into the industry, you know, where was level one, if you're going to be a psychiatrist or a, a doctor or an electrician. There's always been a path of this is the path to follow in order to become a particular profession traditionally. And then to become that, uh, that profession, we had to follow not just the path, but all the things that came with it, the environment, the industry, the kind of um, the thought processes, the, the psychology of that industry, all that compiles how our journey turns out. Now, when the, with the pursuance of passion, what happens if your passion doesn't really correlate with a path that's been proven to work? Now, when I say work, I don't mean whether you'll be a success at the profession or you'll do well in the profession or you'll be happy in the profession. What I mean by is what if the profession that you're after, there is no path, you've got to create your own path. And the reason why I'm speaking to that today is last night I went to uh, watch a documentary screening called Before 1770, which was the history of um, a specific aspect of the history of Australia before European settlement in Australia. And that there were um, evidence that Indonesian Muslims traded for many, many, many years with the Aboriginal people of Australia. And what's interesting for me was that when the documentary, the, the guy who was creating it, he said that they went to, you know, the north end of Australia, which is like completely red, like red dust desert, like there's nothing, there's nothing out there. And he, he and obviously in the documentary it showed he and a group of um, other guys went together to go and discover the truth and any evidence if that there, there was um, any you know, in any kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Any development, any interaction with Aboriginals, Aboriginal Australians uh, before our European settlement. And they went to find this uh, in the, you know, in just in the middle of nowhere. And what was interesting is a whole group of them went because they're documenting their journey. They're documenting, you know, the rugged roads and how it's just dust red dust or white dust trying to just get through the things trying to find a place trying to find the people that they were trying to interview so they're documenting their journey and what he said to us which really what struck me because there was a q a session after the documentary screening and he said we had no idea what we were in for we had no idea what we would find we just took a crew they just took the cameras they took what they wanted, the, the purpose of why they were there to see if there, what evidence there, there was of interaction um, between Aboriginals and uh, Indonesians back centuries ago and how sturdy that relationship was. And obviously they found, their, um, they found what they were looking for. But what I found very interesting is because 
the guy had spent all this money to get a crew together, you know, airfare tickets, the camera crew, the camera person, editing, you know, uh, you know, lining up interviews to, you know, interview academics and interview Aboriginal elders whose parents might have had interactions or stories of their grandparents or great, you know, just stories. All of that with no knowledge that this is ever going to, like this, this documentary is going to see the light of day. I mean, there's the hope that it's going to see the light of day and not only that, that people will actually enjoy it and learn something from it, but that it's, it's not. And so he, he just said to us that we had no idea what the outcome was going to be for this documentary. We just set out with the, with the goal of seeing what um, interactions were there before European settlement and to prove that there was not just some theory, but to go see the evidences, go see the Aboriginal drawings, go see the Aboriginal elders and speak to them and professors and history professors and all that stuff and people who are, uh, you know, uh, skilled in anthropology and to come out with hopefully a body of work that makes sense and that they can present to a wider audience. And that's exactly what I thought when he was saying that. And not in all those words, but <laughs> when he was saying that, I thought that's what pursuing your passion is when you have no idea what it was. This morning I heard of a story where a woman wanted, uh, she said, I don't know what I want to do. I have no idea what I want to do. And someone said, well, what is it that, you, that interests you? And this is back in the 1970s. I'm reading this from the 1970s. She said, well, I just love clothes. I don't want to own them. I don't want to be a model. I don't want to uh, sell clothes. I just love clothes. And I don't know what that would mean. I don't know how that would look. And I don't know what I would do with that. But, you know, in the, someone that was listening to her story said, um, well, I know there is a hairdressing salon who is going to be having a a fashion parade of different types of hairstyles. And every time I go there and I see these hairstyle modelists and their new hairdos, they have the worst clothes. What if I could see, if, because I know these people who put on these hair fashion shows, what if I asked them if they could provide a budget and that you could go and dress these people because they look so scruffy. You know, they've got great hairdos, but they themselves look so scruffy. And the lady said, my goodness, that would be amazing. I didn't even know that something like that existed. Now, that's back in the 1970s. And it's what we now call an image consultant. Someone who you consult with to look at your image, to look at what you're wearing, your colors, you know, what's your body, what your body shape is and what kind of clothes would... I mean, that's now a very regular profession. But back then it wasn't. And so what I'm trying to say here is, you might have a passion that has not got a title yet. You might have a passion that hasn't been articulated in a way that might feel like it's serious or it's professional, quote unquote. Because I know there is a lot of people who do podcasting and a lot of people who do make create videos, online videos. I know a lot of people who do drawing. I know a lot of people uh, who, who do so many things, but there's no title for it that sounds serious enough to be taken seriously. I mean, politicians have um, stylists or image consultants. I mean, that's a thing now. I mean, that's what I mean. It's serious business. But back in the day, it wasn't. And so if you're trying to pursue something that hasn't yet got a title or hasn't, you've not been able to articulate it or you... And because of that, you feel like, oh, this is really scary territory. It's very normal. 
it's very normal to feel that way. And it's very normal for you to want to carve a path that hasn't been walked on before. And the reason I'm sharing that is because your life is like a documentary. You're trying to learn as much as you can learn. You're trying to, you know, do as much as you can do. But at the end of the day, your passion is going to really come from a, from a whole bunch of variables. And your job is to just look at the journey and the effort of it because the result at the end of the day is with God. We don't have any control of the result. What we do have control is the effort that we're putting in. And all we can control is the everyday one foot in front of the other effort. And I'm, I'm showing that also because, you know, when I'm watching the documentary, they're trying to piece together. Oh, there's so much footage, right? There's got to be so much. They're actually saying that two terabytes worth of footage. So they're trying to piece together the story that comes from so much. So they've got so much content, video content for this documentary. And they've got to like dismiss so much of it because they can't have the documentary go for five hours. They have to have the documentary and they made it only 30 minutes. So the part of the journey of carving your own path is knowing what not to even, it's knowing what to ignore, knowing what to dismiss. And there will be mistakes made because you should have kept that and not dismissed this particular thing. But that's part of the journey and that's part of the learning outcome that we all have. And so I'm sharing that for part reasons because I know how it feels when you're trying to carve a path and then it just doesn't feel right. It doesn't seem right. There's something not right with it. And it's mainly because it hasn't been, no one has gone through that journey that you're going through. There's no uh, you know, well-documented path for that. And if you have a well-documented path, it doesn't mean you want to take that particular path. You might want to be a, uh, I don't know, an electrician, but you may not want to work as a tradie electrician. You might want to take it in, um, in terms of working for yourself. You might want to go and work on a cruise ship. You might want to go and do other things. You know, there, there are so many different ways, thank God, that we can execute on that passion. But I find that when I listen to that story, I realized, and I, when I went to the documentary and I heard that, I got an aha moment, that when we can't articulate it, number one, what we want to do with the thing that we love to do, like that woman just loved clothes and like, I don't want to be a model, I don't want to own any clothes, I don't want to sell any clothes, but what can I do with it, right? That's snap 1970s. When we can't articulate what it is that we want to do, and number two, when there's no clear trodden path that we can follow that's scary stuff that's scary because we don't know if it's going to work or not at least if we go down the the path that's you know people have walked down before and we kind of follow there's no guarantee we're going to succeed either but at least there's a path and we know what comes after for step one step two step three step but when you're creating your own step one step two step three like that's like that's an added burden it's an added pressure it's an added responsibility it's an added level of accountability but then that's when all the reward is as well that's when you get to execute in a way we, i mean that's why we go pursue a passion because we want to do something that really speaks to the soul that really speaks to the heart that allows us to sink into our heart and deliver from there and part of that journey is at times depending on what your outcome is depending on what your mission is depending on what you want to do or what i want to do comes from the place where we've got to go to uncharted territories and chart the way, knowing that we're either going to do really well in it or we're not, but the point is to make sure that we're happy in that journey, we're contributing in the journey, and that 
we know that the effort counts more than the result. You and I will judge each other and the rest of the world will judge each other based on what's the result, how much money did you make, what's the position title, um, how much money do you have in the bank, how many countries have you traveled to, what have you done, what have you eaten, what have you not experienced. Like you and I and the rest of the world will judge each other on results. Like what did you get, what did you do? But thank God at the end of the day, what really counts is the effort because two people can, for example, want to pursue becoming a documentary filmmaker. One person will have access to a camera. One person will, that, that same person will be able to gather a storyline and then go and document that. Another person, person B, may have to struggle to find the money to buy the camera and buy that equipment. So they might have to do some, as well as their day job, they'd have to go and do some night shifts, maybe go and uh, pack shelves at a supermarket. They might have to do some tutoring after hours. They might have to do some other skill to save the money, to buy the equipment, and then to get it all together to go. Now, both people, documentary filmmakers, one went through a little bit more of a struggle, the other one didn't in terms of buying the equipment. What counts is the result. We're going to be looking at, as the audience, did I like what person B created and I, I watched or did I like what person A did? We're just going to look at the results. Did I like it? Did I not like it? Am I going to tell anyone else about it? Is it something that moved me? That's all we're going to do. But God only knows the effort it took for both parties to make it to that. And only God can judge us on the effort, which is why the effort is so important because the effort is the only thing that, you know, we don't write on our resumes how hard are we worked even though we weren't gifted in English or math, or maybe you were, we didn't write the effort it took. It took someone so much easier to get that mark. It took us so much harder, more hours to study. We don't judge or we don't measure success via how it took you to get there, but the result. And so the, the effort, because we could be in the effort or the journey of trying to get somewhere and not get it because life's cut, I get, get cut short all the time. But the effort and the intention is what allows us to know that what we're doing counts. That even though we might not get to that result, it's the effort that counts. And that takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of insight to come at peace, to be at peace with that. And I'm sharing that because wherever you are in your journey, if you're feeling stuck, if you feel like you've got untapped potential, if you feel like you're on the journey of your passion, like you're in, in that journey. If you feel like, you know, you're happy with where you are, but you know you've got more, you know, you've got like, there's something else inside you that you just don't want to give to the world. You just don't know what that is, but you know there's some hidden gem. You don't call it a hidden gem because you don't want the attention. You don't want to seem like, look at me, but you know there's something, just something, just, just something inside you that speaks to something a lot bigger, bolder, but you just haven't worked out what that is. And so... My invitation to you is keep searching, find ways, find opportunities. If you listened to my podcast episode yesterday, I spoke about Barbara Sher and her methodology of finding ways and going and having ideas parties. I think they're phenomenal. I think they're brilliant. I'm going to have them on my own, inshallah, but I'm going to first, I'm doing it a different way. I'm having one-on-one chats and just working with that. But the ideas party is certainly the way to, to, to go big if you want to do it that way. But have a listen to yesterday's episode because I talk about that. Or go ahead and um, read Barbara Scher's book, Wishcraft, W-I-S-H-C-R-A-F-T, wish, not witch, wishcraft. 
So I wanted to just give you a heads up, guys, that the journey of pursuing your passion is going to take a lot of faith like a documentary filmmaker like you've got all the you've learned all your stuff you've got all your material now you're in the thick of it now you're just in the trenches something could come of it something may not but that's the risk you take because that's that's going to be worth your passion that's going to be worth you taking that risk versus sitting on a rocking chair at 80 years old thinking 90 years old thinking i woulda i coulda shoulda and that's really what it's about so wherever you are in the world, whatever you're doing, if you can't articulate what the part that you want to take or the, the title of the position or the title of the profession, don't despair. There's a way around it. There's a way around. Keep playing with it. Keep just engaging with it. Find a way. As long as you're engaged, as long as you're getting ideas like meeting people, going to places, seeing what others are doing, seeing if you can mold it to the way that you are, the strengths that you have, that's how it's going to really come out for you. And at the end of the day, guys, did you ever think 10 years ago there would be 10 years ago? Well, it's now 2009 year. Well, no, maybe not 10 years, but 15 years ago. Did you ever think there'd be such a thing called a YouTuber? Or would you ever believe that people can travel the world and just make videos? Did you ever believe that someone could be on a mic speaking to you right now called something called a podcast and make a living? delivering a podcast? Did you ever believe that someone who could create slime, slime, yes, slime, that, 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 that icky thing that kids play with slime, did you ever think that someone could go and make an absolute living from that, like, like feed a family, feed yourself, like take care of your mortgage, your, your car payments, like your expenses? Did you ever think like that's all a possibility? People travel the world and they make videos and they get paid for it. They don't just get paid like side money like that like you know like a hobby money they get paid like a real wage people make money through podcasts like real every day like working for another person kind of money people make money creating slime teaching others how to make slime on youtube like you like it's crazy but nobody knew what those titles were but there are anomalies that just keep at it keep at it keep at it keep at it and something is going like, to give something's going to give and they look for that, what that thing is. And that comes from passion, the foundation of passion and the foundation of grit. And wanting it beyond self-interest, like if we're going to get in really skyrocketing it, beyond, wanting it beyond self-interest. So I wanted to share that with you guys because wherever you are, wherever you're working it, wherever you're really kind of engaging, whatever industry, whatever profession, whatever work, continue engaging with it. Go do an ideas party. Go and chat to someone and give of yourself of what you can give to someone else in terms of helping hand, an idea. Don't have to do it. You don't have to. And then wait for it to come back to you. It's how it works. It's, it, it always works that way. Now I've got lipstick on my mic. So, guys, um, I hope that helps. I hope that helps the individual that's listening to this right now who felt like, I love doing this or I like doing this or I'm not sure what I want to do, but, you know, I do like clothes. I do like speaking in a mic, I do like um, driving, whatever that might be for you, that's what you need to work from. A lot of the times we don't know what our strengths are, but just work on what you like doing right now. It, the more you can just start to engage and build momentum and stop saying, I don't know, the, you'll be one step ahead. And that's all you need, just one step ahead, further from yesterday. 
But if you keep saying, I don't know, that's just telling your brain, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. If you just change the, the, the question or the statement from I don't know to what would it be? Just what would it be? Because your brain and my brain is like a computer. If we type in Google, um, I don't feel good, well, Google's just going to give you like lots of articles or videos of people who have talked about I don't feel good. But if you type into Google, how do I feel good? How do I get to feel good? Now Google's going to get you some answers of people giving advice and insight and books and articles and videos and podcasts and how to feel good. If you want to learn, if your car's broken down and you type in how to change a car, how to change a tire, you'll get lots of information about how to do that. But if you just type in my car just died on me, my car, my tire's not working, Google's just going to give you some random articles on, on mechanics and cars. But my point is, just like you type into Google what you want, ask your brain what it is that you want rather than giving it a statement and thinking, because the, the, whatever statement you give your brain, your brain's just going to pretty much agree with you. Say so you're fat, you're fat. If you think you're dumb, you're dumb. If you think you're old, you're old. If you think you're young, you're young. If, the brain is just going to give you what you want because that's the, the purpose of the brain is to protect you, is to help you. But if you give it a question, now your brain's going to start looking for an answer for that because it wants to help you. So if I'm, I don't know what I want to do, how can I find out what I want to do? How can I find out? Like, if I were, think of someone that you admire. If I was, I don't know, if I was Jacinta Ardern, the Prime Minister of New Zealand, if I was Jacinta Ardern, what would I do in this situation? If I were Jacinta Ardern, see, my brain's now going to look for an answer for that. that. That's the point. You don't have to have the answer. Let the brain percolate and it will get an answer. It will be closer to an answer with than I don't know what I want to do. So for anyone listening, if you are feeling uptight, if you're feeling that, you know, you, you want to be able to get out of the rut that you're in or make a significant progress on the work that you're doing, trust that if you keep engaging in it, you will soon find a rhythm. You will find a breakthrough. It's through the break. Just before breakthroughs happen, that's where the biggest resistance is. It's the biggest resistance. When I teach people how to find your passion, just before they recognize what that thing is that lights them up, their passion, they start to distract themselves. They start to um, give excuses. They start to just you know, because you're getting closer to any time we get closer to the truth, we back down. We, we back down. And I believe we back down because what if I can't handle the truth? What if it's too big for me? What if it's like something that's beyond my capacity? And I'm sharing that with you because if you're struggling, you're probably closer. And that's like the biggest oxymoron, the biggest cliche, but the biggest resistance that you feel the moment of baddest, biggest, boldest resistance is like moments away from the breakthrough. The breakdown comes first before the breakthrough eventuates. So watch for that. Engage with it. Take it a step at a time. Maybe slow it down, but just don't look away. Don't look away. Don't distract yourself. Don't shy from the truth because the truth is going to come at you if you just allow yourself. Because when the truth comes at you and you embrace it, 
you expand as a person. Who you are is magnified. If you're a happy person, you become happier. If you are a conscientious person, you become more conscientious. Who you are is magnified when your soul becomes alive and it becomes alive through the essence of what that thing that lights you up and that is your passion. If you can't articulate it, if there's no clear path for it, engage with it. You will create one. Just trust that you will and find evidence for things around you that will help you and ask the question to your brain to give you an answer and not a statement that will give you a dead end. So I hope that's helped. If you found this helpful, guys, I would truly appreciate if you could share it with someone who is maybe feeling stuck, is maybe feeling down, is maybe feeling um, that they're on the path, but they're kind of wavering. They're kind of teetering between, do I go forward? Do I go back? But where do I go? Please share it with them so that we can create a movement of people who know how to find their gift and unbox it. And as always, my advice to myself and to you is that life is a gift. Together, let's unbox it.